You're tuned to WMUA 91.1 FM in Amherst. Student and community radio for the Pioneer Valley, broadcasting from our studios on the campus of the University of Massachusetts. Because you really disrespecting me, right? Stokely down the sideline. Can they catch up? Stokely, wow! You like that? You like that? Anything's possible! I don't believe what I just saw. This is Unbeaten. Did you ever see it? But here it is. The return to glory. Tiger Woods has returned to glory. The crowd is going crazy. We oh. got Cam Seibert here, avid Tiger follower. Pump those crowd roars into my veins. <laughs> Pump it into my veins. So I was on the way back from Buffalo watching UMass hockey. We'll get into them later. But I was in the car. I was listening to the Masters on the radio. So not being able to see anything, you can only you only trust the the radio voices. And then all of a sudden... Slowly but slowly but surely, Tiger just inching towards that winning putt right there. Probably surprisingly electric to listen to that on the radio. You don't think golf on the radio usually be that intense, but I bet it was pretty intense to hear that. No, that and like it probably made it the shortest drive back ever. We just flew from Buffalo just because half of it we were just listening to the Masters. We were so tuned in, and yeah, you'd be surprised. Like golf on the radio is something else. You got to try it. I'll tell you what, watching that all day, it was really just surreal. I mean, of course, when he hits the shot on 16 after Molinari goes into the water on 15, he hits that shot on 16 to a foot, and you know that that's a tap-in birdie. He basically wins the tournament right there as long as he can par out the last two holes. And, I mean, I I just couldn't really believe what I was seeing. It was like, is this really happening today? I mean, it is true. I mean, everyone talks like, oh, like this is just a random comeback. He came out of nowhere. I mean, he did win the tour championship at the end of last year. He was streaming towards this. He, he was doing well at the WGC and some match play events. He's tied fifth this year in a couple tournaments. So he was definitely trending towards this. But like a lot of analysts were saying, what we weren't sure about his putting. And he didn't really even put the ball well today or this week. I'm sorry, not today. Um, but it was really ball striking that did him over. He was first in ball striking all week. He didn't really have the best putter. It was like 47th in strokes gained putting, but he was steady putting. He didn't have any crazy three putts or blow-up holes, but 
really just it's insane ryan i've been a tiger fan my whole life i've grown up just watching like top 10 tiger shots like the 2000 bell canadian i know all these all the great shots he's ever hit and to see that happen it's just something that like like everyone says no one thought he would be back and he is in the best way yeah so great and we were talking a little bit about it yesterday and um you know i know how big you uh of a golf fan you are you know a little bit more of the technical side but you know for me uh what i saw was sort of a tiger that I knew when I was a really little kid, you know, growing up. Uh, I feel like the tiger we knew, honestly, was more of the, you know, the, the infidelity tiger, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the scandalous tiger was the one that we knew more. But the thing that uh, you said yesterday sort of resonated with me is that, you know, his kids were saying, we don't know who our dad is, yeah. like, in person. We see him through, you, we've seen him through YouTube videos win, and this is this was really their first People telling us about him. Exactly. This was really our first opportunity, and, you know, I'm speaking for the kids, uh, his kids. Basically, they were saying this was our first opportunity to get to see our dad, you know, perform like this on that kind of stage at the Masters. So he said, his son said, he said, I've never seen my dad win. I want to see, he wants to see his dad win. He wasn't at the Tour Championship when he won that, and what better tournament to see your dad start off winning than the Masters, and imagine seeing your dad in that element, hearing everyone chant your dad's name. You see him coming off the green. Mm-hmm. I think he really got the full picture of what his dad really is, what he what he is for the game of golf, and obviously the entire athletic world. Now, obviously, maybe a biased opinion, like we talked about. I'm a little bit of a fanboy, but I think Tiger. That's the biggest comeback in sports, maybe the greatest story in sports, and I think he's maybe the greatest athlete in sports of all time. I mean, you look at what he did for his sport, it's similar to what Jackie Robinson did for baseball. Golf would not be, there would be no golf channel. There would be not as much overall popularity for the game if it weren't for Tiger Woods. And he really, the purses that these guys can win nowadays, $10 million purse for that Masters. I mean, he gets three or whatever of it, three million of it or whatever. But it's like all that stuff that comes along with making the game so great is all really due to him. Yeah, I just feel like he was sort of the one to revolutionize it, one, the one to make golf cool in a way. You know, before I don't think it had that much of a younger following, and then Tiger sort of brings all these young fans in, makes it cool. He's wearing the, you know, he's flashing the Nike sneaks and all the whatever, the Nike gear. and He's ripped. He's, he's, he's a big, he's a big guy, and it's like you're not used to seeing, he was one of the first, you know, back when, back in the day when he could drive it. It's like nobody else could do it like him, and you know, just seeing somebody that powerful and that good at the game of golf was, I think, like you said, just so revolutionary, which sort of leads us into, uh, like you were saying, this is we're seeing now a Tiger 2.0. Oh, absolutely. I think this is a completely different guy, and I think that's what makes it so great. You could see it on his face when he won the tournament on Sunday. He was so much more appreciative, and even back when he was on tour, like you said, he was, he, he was a different guy. He always had his head down. He was always just focused on winning didn't really care about his opponents and actually wanted to just dominate his opponents. Where nowadays the guys on tour like him a lot more. You saw them all wait for him at the clubhouse to congratulate him at the end because they know obviously what it is for golf and what it is for him. So, I mean, yeah, I think you're seeing a completely different guy. He was doing it for his parents back in the day and he was doing it for his own glory. Now he's doing it for the pride of his family, for his kids to show them what it's like and to show them that he's a changed guy. It's, it's Tiger 2.0. He's more down to earth. He's more sympathetic. You see him with the media. He's really talking to the media, smiling, all this great stuff, really opening up. Because I think he realizes that, obviously, he was at the bottom. He went all the way back to the bottom, and now he's climbed all the way back up to the top. He's more appreciative of where he is now, which he has to be. Yeah, and, you know, there was that video, too, that came out where, you know, people were sort of saying it was a 
compilation of people saying, like, Tiger, you'll never make it back. You'll never win another major. And they basically put them all together and they showed it to him. And we could see his reactions. He was like stone face. He didn't give too much thought, you could tell, to what the critics were saying. Uh, and, you know, I, I just think that's been a whole that's been a huge part of his personality. He's he's been since being in the news cycle for so long because of all his scandals and infidelities and whatnot. I think since then he's sort of just put his head down, gone to work, uh, really just improved on his golf game. Like you said, it was slowly happening. We could slowly see it coming, maybe less more than, you know, mm-hmm. many people. But at the same time. He is a friendlier person. He's, you know, stopping on the bridge. I forget at what hole it was. He took off his hat, waved to both sides. You know, you would never see that back in the day. That's the definitely Tiger 2.0. He wants to appeal to the crowd. So he's doing probably even more for golf than he ever did, you know, before. And that's saying something. And and we talked about what it does. I know this is really more elaborate, but what it does for the country. You look at Michael Jordan – all these great athletes, LeBron James, yeah, they're, they're beloved and they're liked by a lot of people. But on the other side, there's always some hatred and some disdain towards them. People who will say that they're not the greatest and things like that. You look at what Tiger did this weekend, the entire sports world, not even that. The entire country who was watching that was only rooting for Tiger Woods. and wanted, I mean, maybe with your few exceptions, people who think he hasn't changed or whatever. But he, he, unlike anyone else at the country's time right now where it's the most divided it's maybe ever been, he brought the whole country together and everyone cheering for one great thing mm-hmm. to see one guy I make his story come true. have never seen everyone on a golf course root so heavily for one person. It seemed like Molinari would just hit one right into the bunker and everyone would just, or he'd tee one off and they'd all be like, Tiger! Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, you don't usually see something like that happen that often, but you know he'd drill one into the bunker and everyone would be like, Clapping. It's not so much that they're rooting against Molinari. It's just that, you know, they want to see Tiger win so bad and they don't want anyone to stand in the way of Molinari. And we were talking a little bit about Molinari's uh, run there at the end and how Tiger's win might might have masked the choke job a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Molinari is known to be a robot. He's known to just par out holes when he needs to par out holes to make every 10 footer for par he looks at, which he was that day. He was really keeping himself in it with not really striking the ball well. Um, I think it's interesting to note, too, yeah, like we just talked about before the show, the top 10 there, six of the top 10 guys on that leaderboard are in the World Golf Rankings as the top 10. So it's not like Tiger went out and beat a bunch of schmucks. Yep. He was playing against these guys that many said, oh, this new, these new age on tour is going to be too tough for Tiger, that kind of stuff. And phew, he went out and beat him. I think a lot of those guys like Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, guys like that are partially playing golf and so inspired to play golf because they watched Tiger growing up, so... Yeah, like it's crazy to see him come back and beat all these guys who are so inspired by him, obviously. Like you said, that's the beauty of it. It's anyone's game. You know, at the Masters, it's like they're not changing the pins uh, every round, and it's the same sort of setup. They know what to expect every year. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's, it's not so much let's, let's throw a curveball at these guys. It's let's make, let's, you know, let's level the playing field and see who comes out of this smoke, like who, who, who can rise to the occasion and... I think that's even more impressive uh, to see Tiger sort of take over like that because the next few next few uh, big golf tournaments coming up are going to favor the long ball a little bit. So you're, we're going to see guys like Kepka out there crushing it, mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson, and uh, you know it's it's 
might not be everyone's game. So it was good to see that it was a level, even playing field for everybody. And I think you got to see the Tiger effect for the first time, obviously, in a really long time, mm-hmm. where he's in the final group and all these guys that are in the first, last two groups feel him near... Like, you know what I mean? They feel him right behind him. They get to 12 there and four uh, of the last six guys. You can see the fear on their faces. Go in the water. And he's stone cold. Like, yeah. not like, not like, yes, this is my chance. Just give me the club. Puts it, plays the smart play. Hits it over the bunker. Two putts for his par when Molinari doubles. He was just stone cold focused. Classic Tiger. Methodical win. Waited until the very end. He knows that the scoring happens on, like, the last six holes at the Masters. He was steady all day. Waited until then where a few guys made a mistake. And then he knew that was his time to pounced like a tiger does stepped right in there <laughs> and just played smart was able to win it and then even jim or nick faldo asked him at the very end he had to bogey the last hole he's like were you playing that out to the side were you playing it safe he's like of course i was playing it safe i did two putt for bogey why would i go anywhere other than the safe route so it just goes to show obviously tiger's just he's a genius yeah. he was playing it smart nothing he's playing fancy. how he always does methodically yeah and it, you know it's it's yeah it was unbelievable to watch him play i thought it was awesome too that um, the Masters, the whole no cell phone thing on the course. Uh, and then so everyone who's waiting by the scoreboard doesn't, if they're not watching, if they're not following Tiger, they don't know exactly where he's at. So when they update the scoreboard, that's the first they're finding out about it, obviously, because no cell phone. So they would... Uh, they or would, somebody else, like double bogeys. Right. So they would pipe in the, um, they would pipe in the audio on the radio, at least. Uh, you know, they'd, they'd be like, all right, here we go. We're going to update the scores. And every time Molinari would you know, have an extra stroke or Tiger would, you know, par a hole, everyone would just go crazy and they'd pipe in the audio and the, the crowd just sounded so loud and so enthusiastic just to be there really for him. I mean, I think they, they saw it from round one right out the gates. You kind of knew it was coming. It was a little bit of an afterthought, but definitely by Sunday, it was like everyone was in full rooting for Tiger mode. I mean, you look at the comeback, and there's just really hasn't been anyone to do it the same way. Not even just physically. Obviously, he had, what was it, six surgeries or something like that in like a five-year span. He's talking about how he can't walk. He can't sit on a golf cart to be the captain of the President's Cup team because his back hurts too much. So much goes into it. And then, of course, the emotional side. He has the scandal with his wife, which also seems like a decade. It was a decade ago, but it seems like a decade ago. Um, And then you talk about just the the drug scandal, all of it. You, he's the only guy, the only athlete to ever have every high of being a champion, dominating his sport, being at the top of it all, to go all the way down to the bottom where he's emotionally and physically ousted. Everyone knows about his personal life, and he's in the tabloids for months on end, only to flip it all over on its head when nobody said he would do it. He even said he doesn't think he's able to do it. Comes all the way back to the top of golf greatness to win the Masters, get his fifth green jacket, and now he's back in the hunt for Jack Nicholas's 18 major titles. So it's just remarkable to see and still surreal to me. Like I say, I still have to pinch myself every day because I don't even know what I watched on Sunday. The comeback, Tiger 2.0. We're going to take a quick break, but before that, we're going to send it over to Sports Update. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will be talking UMass hockey. Don't go anywhere. Welcome into Sports Update. Playoff basketball will resume tonight. The Boston Celtics taking on the Indiana Pacers at 8.30. The Celtics look to go up three games to nothing. 
Looking at playoff hockey, the Bruins will take on the Maple Leafs tonight at 7 o'clock. That series is tied at two apiece. Then the Avalanche will play the Flames at 10 o'clock. The Avs hold a 3-1 advantage over the Flames. Kale McCarr will likely play in that game as well. After a day off, the Red Sox will start a series with the Tampa Bay Rays. That one will be played down in St. Petersburg, Florida at the Trop. The Red Sox are 6-13 this year. The New England Patriots schedule was released yesterday for the 2019 season. The New England Patriots non-AFC East will play the Steelers, Redskins, Giants, Browns, Ravens, Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, and Bengals. In golf, the second round of the RBC Heritage will be played today. Charlie Hoffman and Kevin Na are currently tied for first place, seven under par. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sports Update. We'll be back next week. This is WMUA Sports. He has an overbite that makes him look like a cartoon character a slightly crooked eye, and an uncommonly wrinkly neck. In the right light, he can look a little like a garden gnome. And he'll wear a bow tie just because. Sure, you might call him a little quirky. But that's exactly what makes him so perfect. Tuna is a three-year-old Chihuahua Dachshund mix with more than 700,000 followers on Instagram. And it all started because he was adopted. You can't buy a best friend like Tuna, but you can adopt one. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. You're listening to UMass Athletics on WMUA Sports. What is up? We are back in the studio. A little bit of Old Town Road to start us off. Riding on a horse. (laughs) You can whip your poke. On this Friday morning, it's beautiful Friday morning, and uh, also, so we had some UMass hockey to just briefly touch upon Minutemen in the national championship game, can't say a whole lot more about that, pretty impressive, Uh, I was down in Buffalo for the championship game, I wasn't there for the Denver, the game against Denver, which was pretty sweet, I ended up watching that on TV, uh, pretty, pretty late at night, that one went pretty late. Mm. Uh, awesome, awesome game. Denver, having won that was just, you know, enough. I think enough for UMass hockey fans. Obviously, it would have been great to capture the national championship. Minnesota Duluth, uh, obviously just too strong of a team. A little bit of a powerhouse hockey school right there. Uh, and, you know, I just don't think UMass fans have, you know, the privilege of getting upset, you know, at the at the national championship loss. I think... You know, most of us, and I don't know if I'm speaking for most of us, but at least I am happy they made it that far. Absolutely. I think it's incredible. 
Um, I don't know how. I mean, it's it's disappointing slightly, but it's like I think you got to look at the bigger picture and just be like, they really won five games two years ago. Yeah. They should never have turned the program around this quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was awesome to read all the coverage, you know, on the team, whether it be through you know our our homegrown collegian right here, or whether I know the Boston Globe picked up some stories, the New York Times picked up a story on them. Really just making waves this season. Yeah, I think that was the point I would make, too, is that they were winning five games two seasons ago, so that's why you got to be happy with how far they made it. And just what it does for, obviously we've talked about what it does for the hockey team and how the years going forward they're going to be looking better, but just for the entire school in general, brings a lot of notoriety to the school, brings brings up other athletics as well, I think. And I, I know it's the most over-talked-about storyline, but Kale McCarr is going to go on to play in the NHL for a while now, and they'll be talking about how he won the Hobie Baker at UMass. And kids know that he won the Hobie Baker at UMass, and they're going to want to come play for Carvel, who was also so storied all season. And I think he really is one of the better coaches in the NCAA. Yeah, I just I don't know how you script that any better, where it's like you know, his very first NHL game, first period, first shot, goes in there. That was just... Barry's a goal. I mean, granted, the uh, the goaltending skills that night weren't weren't quite there for the mm. Flames, but everybody was scoring for the Avalanche. That series in general has just been so entertaining to watch. The OT game a couple nights ago uh, came down to the wire. The Avs ended up pulling it off. You know, now they're up three one. They play again tonight. Kale will most likely you know get the same time he has been getting, which is you know he's he's been getting shifts yeah. for a for, uh, for a rookie. Making his start in the playoffs, he's getting shifts. He's getting, you know, great power play looks. He's basically running the second power play unit. Uh, and, you know, I just hope that when I forget who the injured avalanche defenseman is, I just hope they decide to keep McCarr instead of uh, him. Yeah. I think the big question, too, is going to be how well he could skate and how well he could keep up in the NHL. Obviously, it was a quick switch. He flew right from the championship game into Colorado to play in that game. But I think playing in the championship game helped that's the speed of that game was obviously really great and when you talk about that championship game UMass championship game they played that Minnesota Duluth team that was basically an NHL hockey team they're so fast and they were it was like they were just suffocating they were they were everywhere Tori tweeted out it was like every guy on the ice had two sticks for them it was so hard to get a shot a pass by them anything a shot by them so I think that was obviously great playing in that tournament for him the speed wasn't such a drastic change but Coming into the NHL, obviously, that was the big question, the speed and the size. And I think if you, if, Mc, if McCarr was out there with no number on his jersey, you could still tell which one he is, mm-hmm. just by the way he skates so yeah, fluid and it, so fast. He does. He's so fluid. And, you know, he was making, even when, you know, he was, he was blocking some shots. And like you said, we'll go back to, you know, his, his, fluid, his fluidity and, uh, you know, his, even his passing abilities. He was having these great tape-to-tape passes, you know, sort of through traffic. He just sees he sees the ice really well. He, he he knows where to be. He knows where to put the puck. Yeah. How to where to pass to teammates. Um, and you know I I think that it was it was awesome seeing him be comfortable in that environment because mm. you know you're coming up to the NHL in the playoffs. He looked comfortable. You know he was he was getting back on the rush. You know he was he was looking for the puck. He was calling for it. Mm. It's like he he definitely has no fear. He, he has no problem with getting in there. I think he knows he's built for it. I think when he was drafted, he was almost maybe ready to start looking at the NHL. But these two years, he even said for himself he wanted to get a little more uh, developed. He wanted to get stronger, get in the weight room. And I think these two years were absolutely perfect for him. There was no doubt that at the end of this year he was ready. 
and he proved that. He went right in, like you said, his first quarter, or I'm sorry, his first period of NHL hockey, he was blocking shots, making passes, playing good defense, mm-hmm. and then he scored a goal. It's like, what more could you have? They had the analysts on at the intermission break, yep. who both debuted when they were 20 as well, and the one guy saying he touched the ice for three minutes, never saw the puck. McCarr started in a Stanley Cup playoff game, went out on the ice in the first period, caught one on the tape, slid into the slot, and nutted one home. Yeah. So and you got to give it, him credit for that. You know, he's not going to be the only one. He, he'll be maybe one of the more storied players to... He probably will be the most storied player to come out of UMass Hockey. I mean, you look at somebody like Jonathan Quick, but just looking at you know the people on this team right now, you see Jake uh, Jacob Pritchard signed with the Carolina Hurricanes. He could end up making it into the playoffs. You know, later on down the road, uh, you know the the Sharks have Leonard's rights, the Sharks have Ferraro's rights, and uh, there's at least one other signed player. Um, it's, whose name is escaping me right now. But, you know, there's plenty of players that are going to be going into the NHL, going to mm. be the real deal. Great season for UMass Hockey. Uh, don't know. I feel like we beat all the storylines down pretty yeah. hard. But. I, mean, I think that's another thing, too, is when I was talking about what it does for UMass Hockey going forward, I think that's another thing, too. It brings more NHL scouts to the team. More, more guys are going to be watching, and they know yeah, that the a, talent it, is coming to UMass. And it'll be a destination school now. Yeah, definitely will. And I right. think that's great. So with five minutes left, or four Ooh. actually, uh, not really sports, <laughs> but you kind of have to go over it. Game of Thrones is coming up in two days, Sunday, every Sunday, Game it's of like Thrones. Tiger makes Sundays great again, but Game of Thrones makes Sundays amazing. So any predictions for episode two of season eight? Any hot takes? <sighs> Jamie is really just going to get it, man. He's going to get beat around I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what yeah it's not looking good for him yeah not looking good Daenerys has to say to him what Bran Bran holds the bean pot if he wants to spill the beans on Jamie he really can because he knows that Jamie pushed him out the window I don't know that's the thing I don't know if everyone knows that that it was Jamie spoiler alert but it was Jamie who pushed him out in the window in the first season I don't think anyone knows that it was Jamie they think Bran fell so he could tell everyone, but he's not like that. He's not like spiteful anymore. He's a raven or whatever, the three-eyed raven. So He's, he's too chill. wise. He's wise yeah. beyond his years. So it's interesting to see what he's going to do with that because if he tells like John or Aegon, Akon, Aegon, mm-hmm. if he tells John, he's going to freak out and obviously want Jamie's head on a stake. Mm-hmm. And Daenerys is already going to want Jamie's head on a stake because he killed her dad. But maybe everyone will be forgiving. It's been a long time. He's, he's on the right side now. He's coming up to fight for good. So I want to see some, I want to see some more Night King uh, character development. Absolutely. You know, That's I, the biggest uh, thing. Is no, we don't know what his motives we, are. We don't know what he's about. We don't know what he wants. We don't know his personality. He just kind of shows up. He's a mean-looking dude. Uh, he's, he's a pretty bad-looking pretty bad dude. Yeah, he's a bad man. Um, very, very much a bad man. Uh, you know, right now it's looking like Night King in 4. Yeah. It seems like everyone's a little distracted. Right now, <laughs> Night King could go for the sweep. What did you say? Why? Why is it Night King in four? Uh, they're just too distracted. Cersei's, <laughs> Cersei's worrying, worrying about her mans, and then, uh, you know, John and Daenerys are going on dates. So, Night King in four, that was a tweet He's I saw. He's not distracted. He's not going on dates. He's not flying his dragon for fun. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, He's training his dragon. And then they were saying on Pardon My Take earlier uh, in the week, they were like, in the books, you know... I guess it's it's like a it's like a very much personal connection to be riding a dragon. You have one dragon. It takes years and years to learn how to like ride it. Yeah. And then Daenerys is like, that. oh yeah, yeah, just, just hold on to yeah, whatever just, you can. Yeah. He looks it's, like he wants you to. Yeah. It's like, like a bike. Just try not to. The just, dragon like cuddled him. Yeah. Just try not to fall over. Ridiculous. So, 
But I think with the Night King, that uh, that symbol that lit up on fire at the end of the first episode is something to do with. This is a theory. It's something to do with the tree that Bran went to to meet the three-eyed raven. There's mm-hmm. a symbol there, the same symbol. And that's like where the Night King was created or something like that. And they think that the werewolf trees, the white tree that Bran goes to in Winterfell, is the power of the Night King and they have to burn that down. Wow. So watch out for that theory because I actually thought that was a pretty good theory. I could see that being a thing. Yeah, they haven't explained it a lot, but there's a, there's a very complex triangle between... Bran, the people of the forest, and the Night King. The people yes. of the forest, I believe, what? They created the Night, Night King. King. Uh, Bran is, you know, the whole Three-Eyed Raven came about with the people of the forest. Yeah. There's a big triangle there. They haven't, they haven't touched upon it in a while. It was definitely a thing for a little bit in the series, but we've, we've sort of gone away from it. I think they want us to forget about it. They're definitely going to drop some crazy, uh, you know, plot type stuff in the next few episodes i mean this next one's going to be about an hour long this next episode and then i think after that they're all going to be like 80 minutes i got a good one for you here we'll go down the list of names and i want to hear you tell me if you think they're going to die or survive by the end of the show all right uh rapid round yeah it's going to be rapid so denarius lives got to be quick lives okay john snow lives cersei dies Arya. dies dies yep i love Arya. bran lives Braun dies. Braun's got to live, man. He's got to get his house. He's got to get his house. <laughs> I don't know. That it's Jamie promised him. Too poetic. And he's got all the money. Sansa dies. Dies. <laughs> oh, man. She's got to be my, one of my favorites on the show. Uh, Tyrion. This is a big one, I think, because I feel like lives. Tyrion. You think he lives? Yeah, I think he lives. I think everything about Tyrion has been trending down lately. He's been wrong about a lot of stuff. Yeah, he has. He's, he's second-guessing like, himself yeah, he's a second little guessing bit. Yeah, he's second-guessing himself. Like Sansa's Sansa's making him second-guessing him. himself. Yep. Yeah, Sansa makes him look dumb. Not a great look for the wisest man alive. Uh, let's see. Samwell. Lives. Okay, I like that. Good. Good thing to say, because I like yep. him. His whole family. He's got to live. His whole family just died, right? Yeah, uh, he, they did. Tormund. <laughs> Tormund uh, dies. Does he get with... Brienne. Yes, before right he before dies. he dies. <laughs> right before he dies. Yep. Okay, that's good enough for me. Jamie. Right. Uh, two more. What'd you say, Jamie? Jamie. Uh, he dies. He dies, and, and then, then Lord Varys. I think Lord Varys and Tyrion are gonna betray. Uh, Varys Daenerys. will live. Varys will live. They're gonna betray Daenerys. I'm sorry to say it, but that's <laughs> all, right. all they do. That's all the time we have today. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, Camp Cybert, for coming on again. Thanks and for having me. We'll be back next Friday. This has been a presentation of WMUA Sports. We'd like to take this time to thank any and all DJs preempted during this programming. We invite you to follow us on social media at WMUA Sports on Facebook or Twitter, or go online to WMUA.org. Thank you for listening.